Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here today with my brother, Christian Lewis. So it is a Brother, Brother podcast. And today, we are interviewing the artist, The Bones of J.R. Jones. How you doing? Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, briefly, give us your life story. (laughs) Sure. Uh, I grew up uh, in central New York, outside uh, Syracuse, New York. Um, you know, grew up with two brothers as well, actually, I'm in the middle, uh, but, um, yeah, you know, had a pretty, pretty wonderful standard childhood, I guess, uh, saved some, you know, it, see, yeah, it was, it was, it was great living up there, I guess, you had kind of an old house at the end of the dirt road near a farm and stuff like that, and, uh, made my way down to the city in 2001, kind of fell in love with the blues and roots music, and, uh, been kind of doing, building what I do now, Pretty much since then, I guess. So just to let people know, I, I and I shortchanged you on the introduction. No, it's fine. You are you you um, perform as a one man band. Yeah, yeah. And have I mean, did that come out of playing in other bands, or was that a sort of? It was. It, it was kind of funny. It's it's something I never wanted to do or really thought about doing. I, I so. Long story short, you know when I I played punk music growing up, a lot of old hardcore music, whatever, and moved down to the city in two thousand one. Didn't really play music for a while moved back to the Catskills and kind of really falling in love with the blues and roots music and didn't know anybody, so um, I kind of created my own band. It was kind of a thing of necessity more than anything else. I didn't know anybody in town, and nobody didn't have a bass player, didn't have a drummer, so just kind of did you live made, a, made as much noise as I could. <laughs> did you live in a big pink house by any chance? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sort no, of mythology? I, no, I, no I, I wish, no, just, just, a, just a small apartment up in uh, Rosendale. And yeah. does that, I mean, did that sort of... Evolved. Were you writing songs and and that sort of necessitated uh, developing the one man band thing? Yeah, or, for know? sure. You know, I think you know. Uh, you listen to those old, uh, uh, you know, old recordings of like Son House or Robert Johnson or something like that, and they're they're so percussive. And you know, playing on my ring. I mean, Taylor is a wonderful. I had a Taylor at the time. He's a wonderful guitar, but he just didn't have the gravitas. You know, like you listen to those old those old records, and so you just really try to make. It's like, how do you replicate that? How do you get that energy? How do you get that? Uh, passion. It's so. true. Yeah, I mean, I you know, one of the things that we we talk about here a lot is the sort of the songs and, and albums, I guess, that that sort of are important inflection points for us in our musical development. So the sorts of songs or albums that you know change our lives effectively. And you know, it sounds like there's a there's a pretty big transition here from um, you know hardcore punk uh, to Alan Lomax. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, to those field recordings. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think there's there's definitely a, a thread um, through both of those that they are both really high energy. I mean, right? Like you listen to something like John the Revelator, and you know, mm-hmm. it's like that is just it's well, it's a guy slapping his knee, but I mean, it's just it's got this incredible power, gravitas. I'm I'm wondering, sort of, what were the artists, what were the entry points for you in this music? Well, you know, it's funny, I. I think when when it came to like the blues and the roots, I remember the first time actually I can tell you exactly. I was in my friend's dorm room, and uh, she had she had really good taste in music. And um, there used to be there actually used to be a uh, it wasn't it was before podcasts. I don't know whether it was like a, just a streaming radio station. It was broadcast out of the UK. It was called Weenie Weenie Jukebox Radio. And it was just twenty four seven roots music. It's the fucking uh, worst title I've ever heard. And it was amazing. It was oh god, you and she had a playing and blind um, blind uh, Lemon Jefferson came on. And uh, I was supposed to say which which blind guy are we talking about exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, and he was like from the late twenties pretty much, but you know, and I just heard it and just like 
rock my world. I could not believe just like the, the just like it felt like there was just a demon coming out of him, you know. So it was uh, it definitely that's that was that was the moment where I was like I need to find out find more of this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so where how did it evolve from there? I mean, who are who are or just tell us, you know, who are some of your favorite uh, artists or influences or, or inspirations in that in that field? I mean, it's definitely grown, but like the most pivotal ones, I would say, the other ones that were like that hooked me and was like uh, uh, Blind Lemon Jefferson, just because that was the, my entry point. Um, you know, I, a lot of the classics, I guess. You know, Sondheim, Robert Johnson, um, but my personal favorites, uh, Howlin' Wolf. Uh, you know, he's a little later, but man, just these iconic guitar lines that he's done and. Um, Mississippi Fred McDowell for sure. Slim uh, and nice. Skip James. Skip James. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, no, awesome. That's uh, that's that's no, that's really interesting. I mean, I think the um, no, and it sounds like it also has sort of broadened and, and to to span you know a few oh, decades yeah. in there. It was funny, like when I first started listening to it, I was I was you know nerding out on it, and I was like, no, n- anything post nineteen forty, I don't want to listen to it. It's just <laughs> not it's not my thing. But yeah, you have to. Yeah. But I mean, that said, you, you ha- you, your music ref- is very reflective of your, yeah. of your taste. Um, do you find yourself letting some sunlight in now? Can you, oh, can for you sure. reach into the Yeah, the absolutely. 50s and, and even, you know, it's, I mean, not, not that I'd ever get bored listening to it, but playing it, you know, I think you have like a palette, you know, and you want to you wanna try to get as, you want to broaden the spectrum as much as possible and, you know, drop those nuggets of roots music and like, you know, uh, that that those uh, uh, just little touches I guess that bring it back there explain to me because I, I you know I'm not real sure um, uh, you guys both live in Brooklyn I do not um, you know playing live and, and I assume playing live locally do you tend to get uh, do you tend to play with more like minded uh, acts or do you get put on rock and roll bills as, as, a, as a sort of change of it's kind pace? of it's, it's always weird it's a crapshoot really you know there there are I unfortunately, and maybe this is to my hindrance. I kind of bridge that line a little bit mm-hmm. with what I do. Um, so I definitely play with you know singers, songwriters, or acoustic roots musicians uh, most times. But then I'm up there and I'm significantly louder than than them, so it, it feels a little sometimes a little out of step. But then I'll go out and I'll play the Mercury Lounge, and I'm opening up for you know a four piece rock band, yep. and I'm up there with it. You know there are softer elements to my set too, so it just doesn't. It's weird. I, need I, to find I love that kind of dynamic yeah, in a live yeah. show. I mean, I love seeing, you know, things switch up. I, I you know, uh, you're gonna make a, a mix for us uh, yeah, after this wait. episode, uh, which. I, but I, you know, I always love a little bit of variety on those things. I mean, I, I can do the Iron Maiden to Johnny Cash thing in a heartbeat. Yeah, you know, right. I, I know. Um, so tell us about the the new uh, the you've got uh, you had an EP. Um, yes. A debut album, and mm-hmm. then you've your second full length. Yeah, uh, Spirit, Spirits Furnace. Yeah. And um, I, I'm very curious because I checked out the videos um, for actually singles from both of your albums, and they're very, very filmic and cinematic. What uh, what drives that? Are you, is that a something um, that those people that you're associated with? Or yeah, is that you know, I think I think it's it's all of the above. Um, it's it's what I'm interested. I I have a tough time, you know, growing up in the era that I did music videos. I watched them night and day. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you know, MTV, when MTV played music videos, you know, um, and, you know, I think seeing them growing up and the ones, I could always tell you the ones I was drawn to, which ones I like, weren't Spike Jones, things like that, you know, things that had this kind of like hook 
or something that's like random quality to it that was just like, huh, that's kind of funny, or like, or almost like a, like they felt very much like a film. You know, there was very much a overall kind of theme to it. The ones where you know people are just singing, yeah, yeah, singing, you're kind of Lip-sync. bored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's oh, a narrative. Yeah, yeah. 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 But there's a narrative. Uh, but there's a real, I yeah. mean, epic quality yes, to these. For sure. You well, feel and like I, you're soundtracking your own films. And I and I was really lucky because you know I went to art school and so. You, you know, naturally became friends with a lot of wonderful directors and filmmakers, and so they're always willing to chip in and help out and, you know, hopefully exercise a little creativity and do things very cheaply. <laughs> <laughs> and where are these woods that you've been lost in twice in these videos? No, they're on, I know, exactly. They're, uh, they're up in the Catskills. Yep. Nice. So, um, maybe uh, we could we could show off one of, you know, one of your tunes, um, something that uh, something that I think sort of draws on on some of the influences that we've been talking about. Um, yeah. What would you uh, what would you recommend? Um, I would probably recommend uh, something off the newest album. There's a stripped down version of a song called Dry Dirt, which oh, I Oh, that's really, great. Yeah, really good kind of. All right, well, let's give that a listen and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Podcast. Uh, it's Wyndham and Christian today, and we're here with the bones of J.R. Jones. Are we allowed to reveal your your true identity? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's John Lineberry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So what's the what's? Uh, go ahead. I mean, no. What's? Um, yeah. We just wanted to to hear a little bit about you know the the alter ego. So whether this is. Uh, I'm sort of interested in, in how it's developed, uh, you know, what the origins were. I mean, you said you'd played in bands before, and then as you ventured out solo, the alter ego sort of emerged. And then, you know, I guess, how does that, does it does it contribute to the songwriting process, or is it really, you know, mainly the, the performance, or um, what's, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, um, I wish I had a very uh, deep... Uh, kind of um, uh, purposeful reasoning for it, um, but you know a lot of it was again kind of born out of necessity. My my name, as you had just said, my my birth name is not very catching uh, <laughs> as a stage name, and you know falling in love with the blues and stuff like that. Um, you hear there's a lot of myths and kind of like stories around these people of you know whether they've been stabbed or shot or who they killed and things like that. So you know I. Um, it's it's not I feel like it's not in in my eyes anyways I should say it's not it's never so much as an alter ego as it is just kind of this like 
the the just another side of me, I guess. It's never like it's still me or whatever it might be, but it's it's definitely a like when it's on stage or whatever it is, it's definitely just like a more like raw raw version of, of myself. So not a character per yeah, se. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But a yeah, definitely just like just like a exposed nerve more mm-hmm. than anything else. It definitely does tap into and sort of evoke. I think the uh, there's a sort of mysticism that surrounds you know, and as you said, I think mythology was yeah, the word yeah. you use that that does surround so many of these old blues artists and um, you know they. Uh, I think that that you know that definitely does have that that sort of evocative. Um, uh, is there a particular story attached? Is J.R. Jones a, a no? He, well, he is a person. I I or there's I mean I've seen it's funny. I have, my friends have sent me photos of random like they'll be in a graveyard or something like that and come across someone's name as J.R. Jones and send me a photo oh, nice. of it or something like that, which is kind of cool. There's no there's never like there's not a specific individual, I suppose. Uh, my I grew up uh, John Robert. So uh, gotcha. my dad used to call me Jr. from time to time, and um, that's uh, kind of where the Jr. portion came up because I wanted to at least make it somewhat personalized a little bit. And uh, yeah, the Jones was just a little uh, little easier than Lin- than Linaberry to say. Just, so, yeah. another, <laughs> just another nod to the Welsh people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well, and so I'm I'm interested then in in those you know the sort of songwriting process, and and we can talk a little bit about the recording process in a minute. But you know, in terms of um, in terms of the new stuff that you've been working on, yeah. is this sort of a continuous effort, or I mean, how do you find you? Uh, where does the inspiration come from, and, and sort of when does it strike? I I don't know where it came comes from. I wish I did because I would try to keep Bottle that it. yeah keep that faucet <laughs> going all all the time. But um, I hear you. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, uh, um, but you know, it's. Sorry, what was the second second part of the question? Oh, just sort of what? Yeah, when do you write? I mean, do you? Find oh yeah, I I write I write whenever I can. You know, I try to travel with an instrument when I can, and um, uh, like tomorrow I'm flying out. I'm bringing a guitar with me for a few days just to kind of get away and try to write, have a writing mm-hmm. session, so to speak. Uh, can't wait for that. But uh, it just it does it doesn't it strikes me when it wants to, I guess. And uh, I wish there was a rhyme and reason to it. I was I was about to offer up our services to create a mythology for yeah, you. Yeah, well, please do. Yeah, let's get a backstory going. Yeah, let's all get right. this going. But uh, uh, let's. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, and so um, so the new material that you've been working on, like yeah. how long has that been? Uh, how long have you been? You know. Well, I've been so I started writing it last June, um, and kind of like bringing it out, playing, sampling some songs out at shows and stuff like that. Tonight, I'll be playing a few few, a few oh, very cool. shows. Hopefully, maybe if I'm feeling confident. This is the show at the Mercury Lounge yes. tonight. That um, yeah, we're we're very much looking forward to. Uh, it's gonna be fun. But the uh, it's it's so I started last June and I'm in the studio right now, kind of piecemeal recording it, doing like four or five songs at a time, and it's been it's been amazing. It's like the first time I've been able to really. Usually, you know, you, you go into a studio and it's like okay, you can afford three days, so you just like go in there and spend 13 hours a day. And whatever you walk away with, that's your album, whether you want it or not. And that's kind of, and this is the first time where I can actually be a little bit critical and be, I can edit and, uh, and make make thoughtful decisions. And so, as you're recording, I'm curious. I mean, you know, obviously you could play all the instruments at once, um, as you do in your shows. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. when you're when you're in the studio, I mean, do you? This is you're focused on one one, one piece oh, yeah. at a time oh, absolutely. dragging everything and, I, and I'm trying to be better about that I, I used to have a kind of a chip on my shoulder about the studio process and because it is just me live at this moment anyways I'm like well if I can't do it live I don't want to do it in the studio there's no point 
and now I feel like I've, you know, as I've become a little more creative, I guess, or, or have, uh, my ideas have grown, it's like, well, I'm in the studio, I should take advantage of this time and just, like, make the song as good as it can be at this moment. Yeah, it's, and, it's not a guy with a tape recorder from the yeah. Library of Congress who's right. come down to your uh, Mississippi but Delta front on, porch. On Spirits Furnace, you know the there's the instrumentation's more forward. There's more you know more drums yeah. and and um, what, is that is that evolution continuing on with the new stuff? That yeah, you're doing? Is it a even more? I mean I'm I'm probably overexcited about it, but I'm yeah, even more so. You know we're having I'm playing with a you know some phenomenal uh, session players right now and. Uh, which really let me focus on my guitar work and the songwriting cool. itself, and they they come with some great ideas. But you know, there's a lot of soul influence on this record. Um, you know, have some horns on it maybe, and uh, uh, a couple of keys and stuff like that. Cool. It's going Bring to it in the London Philharmonic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so this is where I have them on, like, on retainer. It's, nice. Full, <laughs> full like Elvis and Vegas style. Is that oh, where yeah. we should be expecting? <laughs> including, <or>? yeah, including <laughs> the white suit. It's going to be. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know, yeah, oh man! Right. All right, yeah. awesome. Well, you want to take a quick break and listen to some more? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what would maybe uh, another song from the latest album, or we can dig further back into the into the past? What do you What do you want to listen to? Um, let's keep it. Let's keep it current, if that's all right. Yeah. We'll do, um, let's do thirteen kinds. Great. Perfect. The lead off track. Yeah. I've got thirteen kinds of blues. I know them all by name. I call them on my phone when I'm looking for some pain. For some pain Falling on they like my neck They get it tired of being there J.R. Jones. And so, John, we were, you know, just wondering, sort of, how do you, uh, well, so what instrument did you first get started on? Uh, piano, actually, yeah. Piano? Um, and so that was, okay, so what age were you, uh... uh well, uh, you know, growing up in my household, we had a wonderful kind of grand piano that was passed down through the generations, and my mother learned on it, and she played beautifully, and, uh, my brothers and I, it was kind of mandatory at the age of six that we had to pick it up. And played for eight years, and then once we turned fourteen, we could decide whether to continue or not. Well, that's that sounds awesome. I, I love when when instruments themselves actually carry a sort of history. In them, oh yeah. Right? I mean, you know, the the sort of the something that's passed down through the generations like that. I, I wonder if that you know, sort of subconsciously from a young age, sort of helped uh, you know build the the tradition into your. I'm sure it did, and she, my mother 
in all her wisdom, definitely like held that guilt trip over her head to be like, "This is your your family heirloom. You're going to play it," you know. So. Well, I actually I wanted to follow up on a question that Christian asked earlier that that uh, continues in this vein, which is, you know, you touched briefly on what you started playing and what you abandoned guitar wise. Yeah. What, what kind of uh, instruments are you playing with now that def- sort of are def- helping define your sound? What's, what kind of guitars are you playing Oh, with? well, usually uh, <laughs> the cheapest ones I can get. Um, but, you know, I, I've had this kind of beater of a guitar I've played for a few years. Uh, it's just, it's a Dean resonator. It's nothing nothing too fancy. You know, you probably 350 bucks at your little guitar shop or something like that. But, you know, I've definitely done, I found out the tones that I'm looking for over the years and have made some modifications, you know, put a new cone into it. It's a resonator, like I said, so you put a new cone and put a new pickup into it, rewired it, new neck. Uh, and, you know, that's that's kind of like my go-to kind of standby guitar. I have some nicer nicer pieces, I guess you would call them, but I don't... But that's what you play in your live act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's, and, but you've got a couple of... Uh, Taking a couple of songs, you know, where you're where you're definitely plugged in. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Well, that, well, that, well, that's that's the same guitar. Actually. Oh really? Oh, so yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. running it through? Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple of acoustic guitars that I a Kalamazoo uh, from like 1937, which I love to death. Uh, and uh, probably the funny thing is the the instrument that I'm least proficient in, which would be the banjo, probably is my nicest instrument. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to offset my skill set. I was like, oh, if I play a nice, <laughs> I play a nicer instrument. Maybe they won't tell. Nobody can tell that I can't play it. So. You, can't hear, you can't hear mistakes on an yeah, expensive right, no, instrument. No, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, are you, uh, well, you... You said that you'd been playing with a couple of session musicians. Does yeah. that mean that, you know, in your future, you're thinking uh, there's potential to invite a second oh, or yeah. third on stage? Uh, I would love that. You know, um, my, biggest, my biggest hurdle um, is definitely, you know, I being friends with a lot of musicians and being a working musician myself I really I really have this own I feel like obstacle I put inside of my in front of myself where I don't want to I don't want to bring anybody out that I can't pay properly you yeah. know like every uh, like every artist every working creative person I know if I ask them would probably do something for cheap or be free but like you know I, I want to support them as much sure. as they support me you know so I, when I'm ready to make that jump and I feel like I can support them uh, you know for their services I'll do it so the the bones of J.R. Joe, a great musician and a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically that's that's the uh, trying, trying to be developing uh, yeah, yeah. narrative. Yep. Yeah. So, um, well, and and so would that be uh, you know to to stay on this track for a minute? I mean, would that be you would have somebody come in conceivably and sort of play drums while you were sort of focusing on guitar? And yeah, you know, banjo work? I don't know. You know, it's it's. And not to not to think on it too much, but I I feel like in the genre of music that I play, you you there's 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 a couple of duos out there that have already ran that line, and uh, <laughs> you know whether it's the Black Keys or the White Stripes or somebody like that, it's very tough to like be a blues musician with like garage rock or or folk tendencies without that comparison, you know. So right, but then uh, you have like Shovels and Rope who do it differently. And exactly, exactly, and they're and like they and and. Yeah, they are kind of like their own genre, I feel like. They're, they're you know, a two-man, like, one-man band. Yeah, I know. <laughs> much, they're pretty amazing, you know. So uh, there's there's lots of people that I'd... If, we, if, if it ever gets to the point where it's a duo, that it'd be very tough for me to not have that own self-criticism to be like comparing myself to people like Shovels and Ropes, Carrie and Hearst, Michael Trent, things yeah. like that, you know. Uh, so then it's like, well, then it'll be a three-piece, and then, well, then, then where do you go? Then you'll so, be Rush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
There's no, that's, hey, that's, I'd be okay with that actually. It's <laughs> a long way away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you want to take another quick break and yeah, I'm actually, song, I'm actually um, uh, very uh, selfishly gonna gonna uh, ask for this the next song to be played and that's the heat. Oh yeah, uh, I love yeah, that. And I, and I want to hear some it's electric, a some rocking song. Yeah, yeah. So, there we go. Let's do it. We are here with the bones of J.R. Jones, uh, recording artist and live act you definitely need to check out. He's great. Um, tell me a little bit. There's a song on uh, this album called The Wedding Song. Um, yeah. That has to have a story behind it. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, 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 there is a little bit of a story behind it, and I, I actually ended up writing it uh, for my, who, my, my now wife. Uh, uh, I wrote it for her about a week before we got married. Um, and uh, it was it was one of those moments where it was, you know, marriage. Well, we weren't even married at the time, but we were just planning the wedding and going through this, going through the paces, you know. And I feel I felt like things were, you get you get distracted by things, and there's hard times when it comes to that kind of stuff, and stresses, stressful situations, and you know, emotions running high. And I kind of wrote it kind of like to temper it down and kind of kind of to get us refocused, I guess, kind of on our on where we need to be. Yeah, where we wanted to be. It's a great story. Thank you. How, yeah. did, how long? When did you get married then? Uh, it was about eighteen months ago, nineteen months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. Do you find that you know typically your songs are are you know come from a place that's that personal, or is it sometimes is it, it observational, or is it? It's 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 definitely. Um, uh, it's a mix. It's a mixed bag. I would say. Usually the softer, sadder songs are usually much more personal than I would say something like The Heat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where it's just more of like a rocker, kind of ruckus song, and you're like, oh, you know, what, what is this going to be about? Let's, you know, let's kick some ass. Foot stomping music, yeah. yeah. Um, so I usually like the, like the song, like the dark wedding song, those, those generally come from very personal spots. Yeah, yeah. Where's the one that uh, a friend of ours described as, Holy shit! This makes me want to just smash my beer against the wall. Was uh, was the heat? Was yeah, this, yeah it just has that kind of like you know incredible sort of. Um, yeah, exactly. Right so well, that's good. Um, <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. I was 
<laughs> smashing beers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Final guy. Yeah. yeah. No, so that's um, no, that's a that's an interesting sort of uh, sort of split. I mean, would you say that you're in the studio now? Do you think um, it's it's going to continue to be a blend of those? You know, sort of. Uh, composite on the album or is yeah. it really in one way or another yeah I think um, definitely I, I kind of it kind of gives me both sides of the coin which I really like I like to have this when it gets to the louder songs I can kind of just like let go and have fun and have it you know be be as fantastical as I want it to be and when it gets to the softer songs it kind of they kind of write themselves you know the, so well I have to say it comes across as a, a really balanced um, composition yeah I mean it really does I think it flows sort of beautifully in that respect and and, you know you have you sort of get taken on a uh, taken on a a trip from the beginning to end so it it works uh, works really well thank you very much I appreciate that yeah do we have any? Um, I mean, I hate to do this, but do, do we have any uh, idea of, of when the new the new album will be? Out well, or is it I can tell you when I. It's it is it's funny. So we're we're like there's probably about ten ten to eleven songs done, uh, but we're recording more uh, for editing purposes, just because you know sequencing when it comes to sequencing records, you never know. Like oh, you know, you need something. It needs a, there needs to be an arc. Um, so we're not we're not quite done recording, uh, but unfortunately, and this is something that I have the biggest problem with. You know, once once the record's done, I just want to be like, oh, it's done. Let's just throw it out there and get it out. You know, I, uh, I've learned over the years that uh, it's so much more complicated than that. And so even when the record's done, you're looking at like six months. Are you on a label now? Or? No. Okay. No, it's totally. Uh, Still figuring out the yeah the the distribution process and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. you know, there's there's so many people and I've I've been I've been fortunate enough to have some moderate success and so when you grow and you bring people in, you just like they help out. They facilitate and everything's going in the right direction, but it just moves that much slower, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well good. So on that you know, let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Podcast, and we're going to end this podcast the way we end every podcast by asking, well, at this point, our guest, John, what are you listening to? 
It's a mixed bag. Uh, it kind of runs the gamut. Uh, I'll give you kind of the, 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 the standards, I guess, which are always on rotation, which is always Tom Waits and like Bruce Springsteen on a Nebraska album. Uh, you know, like, uh, and not to rehash those blues guys we were talking about earlier, but uh, Holland Wolf is always on my turntable. Can't, can't get him off. Love him to death. But something a little... little uh, uh, the one, when I'm not in that kind of classic mood, I always end up going to... A, uh, I will say, like, Temper Timber, uh, who's an awesome singer-songwriter based out of Toronto. Uh, this uh, 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 a little blues group, I think they're from uh, Ethiopia, uh, Tina, Tina Ruin. Um, they actually were just in town not long ago. And uh, when I'm really just in a mellow mood, or cooking, uh, there's, a, there's an old... Uh, are you guys familiar with the Ethiop- Ethiopitex uh, releases? It's like it's like it's like these old jazz albums that are kind of being reissued through the years and stuff like that. And uh, uh, they have one of a sister, uh, and she's a jazz pianist, but it is just totally impromptu. There's no music and stuff like that, and it's just her playing the piano. And I'm gonna butcher her name, so I apologize if anyone can pronounce it. You'll be able to find it on the playlist. So yeah, Uh, her her name is uh, Sieg Miriam Gubro. And uh, it is just the, the most most wonderful summertime piano music to, you know, open up the window. And if you're not in the city, hopefully there's no sirens blowing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're going uh, deep on the Ethiopian. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess that's where the, that's the part, part of the world I'm listening uh, to the most. A new record by a whippersnapper named Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know. I'm really uh, cutting, no, cutting the edge great. here. This is, a, this is exactly why we love your stuff. It's, it's yeah. such a, you know... Uh, high high praise for you for the taste in music that you have. So, well, I would love to say thank you for coming by. Oh. Um, you know, it's been a real pleasure meeting My, you, talking to you, and uh, we're you really guys. looking forward to seeing you and t- and urging everybody else to get out and see him when he's in your town. Yes, please do. All right, thanks so much. Thank you guys. I the do bones of Jr. Jones. Yeah. That's it for this episode of Brother, Brother, Brother Podcast. Many thanks to Simon Doom for our intro music, Hair of the God, and to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall. You can learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Tweet our mistakes and your recommendations and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Until next time, on behalf of Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you for listening.